How many of us woke up this morning feeling brave, bold, and fearless? Carol, Carol, Carol did. Carol felt. <laughs> There's one of us. Turn to Hebrews 4, if you would. Verse 14. Let's start there. Actually, we're going to start in verse 12. This is better. Truly, truly, I say unto you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do, and greater works than these will he do. I did say Hebrews, didn't I? Why am I reading out of John? It's a good verse, and we're going to use that verse later. That's great. Put your finger there. We're going to go there later on. Well, that's true. He was a Hebrew, so that's that's close. He might have tasted funny. He just never know. Oh, that's okay. Yeah, we we're we might get we might get to where we want to get to today. We just might by the power of the Holy Spirit. You know what? Well, let's pray first. Father, thank you for for the ability to laugh at ourselves and to be free sons and daughters who can laugh together, who can enjoy each other's presence, and know that you're here with us. You want to make us bold, brave, and fearless. This is part of our identity as sons and daughters. And we admit to you that we don't know how. But you do. And we ask that you would come and teach us throughout, not just today, but every day for the rest of our lives, that we learn how to do this. How to be brave, bold, fearless. And I believe we'll do that as we learn more what it means to be your son and daughter. So this morning is what we ask. (laughs) We want to know you. We want to know you. We want to know your word. We want to know your spirit. We want to know your heart. We want to know your purposes. We want to know your plans. But we want to know you. And as we know you, ah, boldness will come. Because we'll know who is in us. Who is greater than anything that we face. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hebrews. Uh, chapter 4, verse 14. Since then we have a great high priest. Not just an ordinary high priest. We have a great high priest. Who has passed through the heavens. Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. Hold fast. Again, that whole, that whole picture of hold fast is when they're about to go through the storm, they would wrap a boat in rope. So that when the waves hit, it would hold together. So we're going to hold fast our confession. We're going to be tightly wrapped with our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses. But one in every respect, every respect, has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. So let us then, with confidence, means come boldly, means uh, have a freedom of speech, 
with, the, with, the, with courage. Have a freedom of speech with courage. So let's draw, then with confidence, draw near to the throne of grace that we might receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. To receive means to obtain. It means to take by the hand and pick up and carry. Take by the hand and pick up and carry. To find means to discover, but it means to meet with. Does this sound a little bit more relational to you now? So we can read this, so that we can draw close with, with boldness, with knowing that, our, that whatever we speak out, God is going to hear. We can trust that God will hear us. We can draw near to the throne of grace that we might take by the hand, pick up and carry mercy. That we can discover and we can meet with grace. Up close. Personal. Touching it. In time of great need. Grace is is there when we need it. Sometimes. We may not feel bold, fearless, unafraid, confident. We may not feel that way, but we can still be that way. Because that scripture just said we can. See, if we, if we leave it just to our feelings, I did not wake up feeling bold, fearless, and courageous this morning. I felt the opposite. Matter of fact, Sarah and I prayed against this, this fog of confusion this morning as we were driving. Because everything seemed to be out of focus. And everything seemed to be not clear. And I felt less bold this morning. But I was trusting my feelings. And then God brought this scripture to mind. He says, you, you can choose this despite what you feel. See, if we just go, I don't feel very bold and courageous today, that, so that means that I'm not. We're forgetting the lion inside of us. We have a bigger lion inside of us. We have the lion of Judah inside of us. So boldness is not dependent on how we feel. Look, I love to feel bold. I, don't don't get, misunderstand me. I love it those days when I wake up, I'm confident. I feel so secure in my skin. I, I feel confident that God's going to answer every prayer. That, that no matter where I go, I'm going to be a great influence for the kingdom. I love those days. But they are days that are few and far in between sometimes. Right? Right? So does that mean that we stop being bold? I'm going to share, I'm going to share a word of knowledge to you that I hope makes sense. But I can't get it out of my head, so I'm going to have to share it with you, okay? And this is way off where I'm supposed to be. That's okay. Yeah, well, it is. You're right. Amen, brother. Thank you. Two things, but I want to get back to you. I'm going to remember you because I have to say something. Um, I had this picture of people visiting a zoo. And in this zoo was a lion that was obviously in a cage. And there was a little girl that came by too close to the cage, and the lion grabbed her and pulled her inside the cage. Out of the crowd, everybody was freaking out. And there was, there was all kinds of people in this crowd. There was very big, burly, strong men. 
And everybody was just too frightened to do anything. And this, out of this crowd came this, this unassuming, very meek-looking, weak-looking even man, came out to the, uh, to the cage, uh, smacked the lion on the rope, and grabbed the little girl out of the cage. And everybody was kind of amazed. And, you know, there was a question that was asked, you know, you know, you know why were you so brave to do that? The man said, I'm not afraid of anything that's caged. I said, oh, so I'm starting to think about, okay, okay, what does that mean? I think it means a couple things. I'm going to let you pray about it and discern it, what it means for you. But this is what I, this is kind of the thing. There's two, there was two ends to this. Sometimes we're afraid to do something. We're less bold to do something because we see the thing that's inside the cage. And we're afraid of what's inside the cage. And then, but we forget that it is behind a cage. See, when we come against the enemy with the authority of Jesus Christ, we put the enemy in its place. We put it behind a cage. We bind it in the name of Jesus. And it cannot harm us. See, that's the authority that we have as Christians. But sometimes we're afraid of the thing that's inside the cage, and we forget that it's actually caged with the authority that we have. Okay, that makes sense so far? And now I'm going to flip it around, because it means two things. Sometimes people are not afraid of us because we're still in the cage. You hear what I'm saying? Sometimes we hide in a cage. Sometimes we let the things that wound us, sometimes the things that have happened to us, some some things that are happening to us now, we allow those things to place ourselves in a cage, and we are not frightening to the world or the enemy at all. We act like there's a smaller lion inside of us. Get that picture? Yeah. Yeah. That's really important. That's something God is trying to teach us here. We're not to be afraid of something that's already been put under God's dominion and his sovereignty. The enemy is already defeated, and sometimes we act like he's not. Yes, the scriptures does say that the enemy goes on, you know, roaring like a lion, seeking that he might, someone that he might devour. He is powerful. He is scary. And he does have some free reigns in this world, but in the authority that we've been given by Christ Jesus, we can bind him and place him where he belongs. Because he's defeated already. But sometimes we act like he's not. And then sometimes we allow the things that happen to us to, to, to uh, put an, a false identity on us, and we become caged and bound by that identity. And we frighten nobody. That is not the state for a son and daughter of Jesus Christ. Here's the thing. You know, one of the most powerful things Tim said during his battle with, against cancer was he stayed up here and he said, he goes, he goes, I have cancer, but I am not cancer. I won't let cancer identify me. One of the most powerful things I think he, you ever said in your battle. See, he would not allow the medical world, the, 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 the world that's out there, you know, to place an identity on him other than what he knew what he was in Jesus Christ. 
Now, sometimes that might be easier to do with such a big disease. You know, we come against it, you know, you know because we know that the threat that a big, you know, the C word is a very scary word. It's a very scary name. The name of Jesus is more powerful than that. But sometimes I think we allow these little things to come and dominate us. I, I don't get it when it happens to me. Why do I wake up some mornings feeling less of a son of God than I do on other mornings? Because somewhere I have believed an identity that is not mine. Somewhere in there I have done something, I have accepted something, I made an agreement with, that whatever those words were, they were more powerful than all the words that God has ever spoken over me. This is why we need to become more bold. Bold in our faith. We can boldly approach the throne of grace. We can, we can be assured that our words are being heard by Father God. We can pick up and carry His mercy. And we can meet with His grace. This is personal. This is relational. Everything God does is about relationship. Everything. Boldness comes from knowing who our Father is. Boldness comes from knowing who our Messiah is. Boldness comes from knowing that we have the Holy Spirit living inside of us. The Holy Spirit. (sighs) Can you get over that? God lives inside of us. God moves and breathes through us. We need to believe it with everything that we have. Proverbs 28.1 was what we read last week. The wicked flee when no one pursues, but the righteous is as bold as a lion. Lions, we said last week, that, you know, are unafraid to, to, to hunt down something much larger than what they are. They will even try to take down an elephant if they're hungry enough. Lions have this great sense of hearing. And what's really cool about lions is that their ears kind of rotate and, and turn towards the sound that they're picking up. You know, they can hear their prey from a mile away. They can hear a long distance. Before they see anything, actually, their, their, their eyesight is not all that great for, for, for a cat. At night it is, but during the day it's not all that great. So they rely on their hearing not only for their prey, but they also relying their healing for maybe their enemies. Now, lions have very few enemies, but they do have some. And usually there are other lions trying to take over the pride or something like that. So they, they use their hearing, their great sense of hearing, for protection and direction. Protection and direction. So when we're talking about praying bold prayers, and I think all of us would like our prayer life to get bolder and richer and and we would love to say, you know what, well, you know, the, my prayer time this morning was like outrageously bold. I prayed for some bold things. Not to pat ourselves on the shoulder, but to get that confidence and that boost that, you know what, my prayers were just, you know, help me get through the day. Help me find a parking spot. Pray that my favorite coffee is at Starbucks this morning. You know, those kind of things, you know, that we pray and we think we're really praying. I don't, I'm not trying to insult anybody, but you know, those are not prayers. Those are just really good wishes. I mean, they just, they just are. Can we be honest? That they, you, know, you know, yes, I wish Starbucks would serve Sumatra every day, but they don't. I know. Sad. But that's, to pray for that is not a bold prayer. 
So for, I think for, for us as followers of, of, of Christ, that we, uh, we need to listen for the same thing, for, for protection and for direction. And matter of fact, I think it, we understand that listening is sometimes the, the boldest thing that we can do. Listening. Because you know what? Listening, I mean, true listening, really listening, intent on hearing who the person who is speaking, intent on, on, on trying to understand what they're trying to give us, is some of the boldest things, one of the boldest things we can do because it requires surrender. It requires an understanding that their words are a whole lot more important than anything I could say. So I'm going to listen. 1 Samuel 3.10 says this is, this is a great story. You've got to read Samuel, 1 Samuel, about Samuel. He's in the temple, uh, dedicated as a young boy, you know, and he hears someone calling his name three times in the middle of the night. And every time he goes to the high priest, Eli, is saying, okay, what do you want? You know, I'm here to serve. And Eli says, just go back to bed. It wasn't me. And then the, after the third time, he says, you know what? This is probably God speaking. You might want to answer him the next time. Okay? And here is Samuel's response. I absolutely love this. And the Lord came and called as before, Samuel, Samuel. Now, here's a really cool part. And it said the Lord came. The Lord came. It actually means the Lord came. <laughs> this was most likely a visual picture of God as well as an audible voice of God at this moment. Just think about this. God shows up here. And the Lord came. That word came here means he showed up, basically. He was there. He didn't just speak. There was, there was a visible representation. We don't know what, maybe, it, you know, but that's what the scriptures say. Okay, anyway, so that's really cool. I love taking apart scripture. This is really awesome. And he called us before, Samuel, Samuel. And here's Samuel's response. Speak. Your servant is listening. And that word means to hear, it means to discern, and it means to obey. Later on in that passage, it says everything that Samuel said came to pass. Everything Samuel said from that point on comes to pass. Every prayer he prayed, every prophecy he gave, everything comes to pass. Talk about being bold. Samuel's first bold response was to listen and to make himself available to whatever God asked him to do. See, we want to pray bold prayers. I believe it starts with we need to have our ears adjusted. (laughs) Our spiritual ears cleaned out. Our spiritual ears, you know, reconnected to the source. But I also believe it also, also means that the, our heart has to change. So we have to listen with our ears, our spiritual ears, and, and with our heart. This is what happened with Samuel. Bold prayers have a common thread, and they begin by listening to the Master's voice. Bold prayers comes when we surrender our agenda, our will, our desire, so that his plans, his purposes, his will can be done through us. This is what Samuel is saying. You know, speak. Your servant is listening. 
I'm just ready to do whatever you ask me to do. I'm going I'm to listen to it, I'm going to discern it, and I'm going to obey it. Bold prayers begin by listening. So if we want to pray bold prayers, we want to pray prayers that move mountains. I love to move some mountains. We want to pray prayers that uproot deep embedded, deeply rooted trees and cast them into the, to the ocean. We want those kind of prayers. They begin by listening. Knowing what God wants us to pray for. I'm going to suggest this morning that, because I'm going to maybe just speak for myself, that sometimes the mountain that needs to be moved is not the circumstance or the trial I'm facing. Sometimes the mountain that needs to be moved is my heart. Sometimes the, the tree that needs to be uprooted, that needs to be cast out, is not the circumstance I'm facing, not the trial I'm facing, but it needs to be my heart. That sometimes is the greatest mountain for me, is my own heart. The way I, maybe I, 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 the way I approach prayer, when I make it a, uh, when I make it a to-do list, uh, when I make it a wish list, or maybe even the last, then I make it like a grocery list. When I make it so mundane, when I make it so ordinary, when I make it so unspecific in that sense, why then do I wonder that my prayers are not being answered? Because I'm really not asking God for anything. And I'm not listening to what He wants me to pray for. So the greatest mountain, the greatest tree that needs to be moved out of my life is my own heart, my own spirit, my own attitude towards prayer. I want to pray bold prayers, but things have to change in me. I need to listen more. Because when we pray, we are making a covenant agreement with God. God is explaining His covenant to us when we pray. He's saying, you know, it's because, remember, it's... His will be done. Not mine. If my will was done, things would look a lot different around here. Not very good different either. Um, it's, we're praying for His will to be done. Not my will to be done. Not your will to be done. Not for anybody else's will. It's always about His will being done. His kingdom coming. Not my kingdom. We want His kingdom to come. We want His will to be done. So we pray according to His will, His design, His purposes. And we, we forget the, lo- the grocery list and the wish list and the to-do list. We push that aside and say, those are not bold prayers. They're not. Bold prayers are specific according to God's heart. What He wants to see done. You know, prayer doesn't change God's heart. It changes ours. And my heart needs a lot of changing. In the, books of, in the book of Acts, the apostles have this great approach to prayer. And they, I believe they learned this from, from walking with Jesus and being with Jesus all those years. In Acts 6.4 it says this, But we will continually 
give ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. That word, that phrase will continually, in the Greek, means to be earnest towards, to persevere, and to be constantly diligent. They were passionate about following Jesus' model of prayer, his life of prayer. They knew that they were um, desperately connected to him. And that prayer was vital in, in order for that relationship to, to, to grow and to continue to flow through their lives. Because they understand that they began to understand the mission that Jesus has sent them out now. They're, they're deeply embedded in it. They're going for it. They know they're supposed to go into all the world and preach the gospel. So they know that prayer is the absolute connection to Father God's heart. That this, this, you don't find many weak prayers of the disciples in the, in the book of Acts. You don't find any. All those prayers are bold. Because they continually gave themselves to it. Listening to the Father's heart. Listening to the Holy Spirit's direction. See, if I give myself to something or someone, it means that it has everything that I am. And this is what that word means. It means, when they said they gave themselves to it, it was everything, all in. Basically, we want to tell you in, in, in today's English terms, it means they were all in. Nothing was left. Everything was all towards this, this wonderful gift of prayer. It was, there was nothing left to do but to pray every moment that they had a chance. Here's Jesus. Jesus gives us so many examples of prayer that it's hard. I could have listed pages of this. I just want to give you a few examples of Jesus' uh, model for prayer. In Matthew 4, it talks about the 40 days of fasting in the desert. 40 days. It's hard to pray for 40 minutes sometimes. 40 days in the desert. I've fasted before. I've fasted actually for a month. But I did it in the comfort of my home, usually. I didn't find a desert somewhere and go and fast and pray. It was in the comfort of my home, where I had a nice bed to sleep in. There was fresh water. That was my thing. So there was water to have and stuff like that. He's in the desert. Man's committed to prayer. Luke 6, 12, 13, it says, "One One of those days, Jesus went up on the mountainside to pray, and he spent the night praying to God. And when morning came, he called his disciples to him, and he chose 12 of them, which he also designated apostles. He spent the night praying. I don't think I've spent the night praying. Not the whole night. Then you have John 17. The entire chapter is Jesus praying. The whole chapter. It's a beautiful prayer. And then in Luke 23, 34, you have Jesus praying from the cross. Jesus is beaten beyond recognition. He's hanging on the cross. He's dying. Friends have deserted him. People are mocking him. And he prays. 
Did you ever wonder why Jesus prayed? Why Jesus even needed to pray? I mean, after all, he was God. John 5, John five nineteen says this. Jesus answered and said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself but what he sees the Father do. For whatever he does, the Son also does in like manner. Jesus completely depended on the Father during his ministry on earth. And his relationship with Father God fueled his prayer life. Jesus is saying, you know what? I can't do anything without the Father. I won't do anything without the Father. This, is, this relationship that I have with the Father is an example to you, but it's also vital to me. This is what I need, he's saying. You know, we, we think it is, Jesus is just showing us a way to do things. No, Jesus depended on this relationship with God. As a, he fully man, fully God. His man part fully depended on this relationship with God. So the question is, if Jesus could do nothing apart from the Father, why do we try to? And we do, right? Can I, you know, no show of hands, but we do try to do things without the Father, don't we? And our prayer life reflects that. I have nothing, you know, you know sometimes we pray for rescue. And believe me, we, we, we can. We have the freedom to pray for rescue. But sometimes it seems like that's all we ask of God is to be a bodyguard. To rescue us. And he will. He promises to. Jesus is hanging on the cross and he does not ask for rescue. He asks for forgiveness for his people. There's a connection there that that Jesus has with Father God that moves his prayer life even when he's hanging on the cross. So when we're going through a difficult time, when we're going through something that we want rescue for you, and, and please hear what I'm saying. I'm not saying don't pray for rescue. I'm not saying that. But can we pray for more than rescue? Can we pray for Father God to reveal himself in that time, in that struggle, in that moment, so that we can hear his voice, so that we listen really closely, so that we can discern, and so that we can obey? Because I think that's the example that Jesus would want us to follow. Some of the most challenging teachings, teachings of Jesus on prayer are found in the Gospel of John. And again, these are just a few, picking through these. But listen to these bold statements that, that Jesus makes. Gospel, uh, John 14 first. We're going to say John 14, 13. He says, And I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Son might bring glory to the Father. I will do whatever you ask in my name. John 14, 14, the next verse says, You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. The beauty of these scriptures, I'm going to read a couple more. Jesus has just finished talking about his father with the disciples. They asked, you know, they asked him, show us the father. And Jesus basically says, if you've seen me, you have seen the father. See, Jesus is talking about this in the context of relationships still. 
really important to, to realize this. Okay, John 15, 7 says this. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given to you. That word ask means to crave. Whatever you call out for. Whatever you desire. That's what that word ask means. And it will be given. That word means it will come into existence. Remember, God can speak things that weren't into existence. That's what he did with everything else. Out of nothingness, God spoke and there was everything. God speaks. That is not my stomach, believe me. God speaks and things come from nothing into something. Listen to what God is saying that we can pray for. John 16, 23. I tell you the truth, as if Jesus would tell us anything else but the truth. I tell you the truth. My Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. That word whatever, and when it's been used in these other scriptures, means as much as you ask. As much as you ask for. You ask in my name. And then John 16, 24. Until now, you have not asked for anything in my name. Ask, and you will receive, and your joy will be complete. It means, the word complete there means to cram in. So I have another question for you. Is Jesus overpromising in these scriptures? Is he overselling these promises? What if Jesus actually means what he means here? What if? If everything that Jesus says is true, and it is, what if we start to believe those? That we could ask anything. Anything. See, when it says to the ask, you know, whatever I crave, whatever I desire, whatever I call out for, if that heart has been moved towards God's side of things, and it now prays with the will of God, the things that it's going to ask for, the things that it's going to desire are going to be for the things of God. See, it's not going to be my selfless desires. This is not saying here, you know, if you crave a 67 Mustang fastback, I'm not going to give it to you. I'm sorry. That's not in my plans for you. But if you ask if my kingdom will come in your life, guess what I'm going to answer? Because that's in my son's name. That's what, he's, that's what he brought. He brought the kingdom of heaven here. So when our desires, what we're asking for, what we're craving for, what we want as great as amount as possible for, we're asking for his kingdom to be expressed through our life. So it changes our heart, our desires, and we're able to line up with God's. That's where bold prayers get prayed. Right there. See, that's when we can come to God and say, you know what? I want the enemy of disease to leave that person in Jesus' name. And we believe it will be done because we're, that's in God's, that's in his word. That's in his kingdom. That's the way he wants his kingdom to operate. 
I, I have a friend who, who, is, who is addicted to drugs. I want him free of it. Well, pray it. Put that line where it belongs. Put that, that beast where it belongs, behind a cage with the authority of Jesus Christ, and say, we no longer will be afraid of that. We pray for freedom. See, these are bold prayers that are motivated by what God says in his words. That's why we can ask anything in his name and know that it will be answered. See, if it's my own selfish desires, God has no intention of answering those. Not because he doesn't love me, but because he loves me. See? See, when, it's, when my prayers are about me too much, and, I, and I'm not saying, please, pray for the things that you need. Pray for the things that God lays on your heart for your family. And I'm not saying don't, please. What I'm saying is when those things become selfish. See, so, when I die to self, it doesn't mean this. It doesn't mean that I think less of myself. It means I think of myself less often. Okay? That makes sense? Okay. And if I'm thinking of myself less often, that means my heart is lining up with his heart. And I'm thinking about God, what he wants done on, on, the, uh, on earth as it is in heaven. See, my heart is lining up with him. So boldness increases because, you know what? I, I can sense what God is asking me to pray for because I've been listening. I've been slowing my, my mind and my spirit down so I could be still and know that he is God. In my life. That's where boldness comes. Boldness comes from knowing God. Knowing his word. Believing on his track record. Believing with the things that he's already done in our lives. Believing that his, what his promises that are supposed to come through. That are going to come true. Believe that he's, he's with me right now. That he has set the lonely in families. That I am no longer an orphan. Taking him at his word. And praying that way. That's what bold prayers are all about. A life, a heart that listens to the Father, that follows Christ and obeys His Spirit. That's a bold prayer right there. All right. I think we can pray boldly because God hears our prayers. Micah 7 7 says this. But as for me, I watch in hope for the Lord. I wait for God, my Savior. My God will hear me. That's a huge promise from God right there. We watch for Him. We wait for Him. We quieted our spirits down. We get ourselves in a place of listening. And we can do that because we know that God will hear us. We can pray boldly because our prayers make a difference. James 5.16 Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you might be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power. The prayers of a righteous man avail of most, some other translations say. Never the righteous are as bold as a lion. And who has made us righteous? Jesus has made us righteous. And because we have been made righteous, we can pray that way that James just said. 
that our prayers will do a lot. <laughs> we'll move mountains. We'll uproot trees in other people's lives and just and bring healing. And some of it involves confessing our sin. We are not dirty, rotten singers. We've been saved by grace. We walk as in newness of life. We are freed sons and daughters. But occasionally and sometimes we sin, unfortunately. We confess these things to one another. This is kind of our confessional time. To admit that we're not always both. That sometimes we pray these prayers that are just to kind of, they're kind of like more obligation that they are actually moving anything. See, this is confession. It's good for us to admit these things. God already knows them. So just keep that in mind. If you wonder sometimes why bold prayers are not coming from you, just check your heart. and See what God is saying there. What he might need you to confess. We can pray boldly when our requests are in line with God's will. 1 John chapter 5, verses 14 to 15. This is the confidence we have in approaching God and that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us and we know that He hears us whatever we ask, we know that we have what we ask of Him. It's a beautiful promise. When it lines up to His will, we can ask anything. And we can pray boldly because we know that He is able. Ephesians 3 20 to 21. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Jesus Christ throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. We need to pray like we know God will answer us. We need to pray like we know God will answer us. Because those scriptures and many more like them promise us that he hears us. We are righteous sons and daughters because we have bent our knee to Jesus Christ. Bold prayers should flow from us. I'm not saying that as a combination. Please hear me. This is not that. I'm just encouraging us and exhorting us. Let's, let's go for it. Let's not leave anything behind. Let's give ourselves to this. See, this is, we don't feel like being, we don't feel bold and courageous and, and fearless sometimes because we don't give ourselves to prayer. We're not giving ourselves to it. It's, I'll just be, sometimes I go through the motions. I know I'm supposed to pray today. So I pray. And there's no heart in it. And there's no power in it. It's not that I don't mean it. I mean, I want people to be healed. I want people to be free. But I have not given myself to it. See, giving myself to it means I'm I'm just everything. I'm all in. And we want to pray bold prayers. We have to be all in. All in with Him. Saying, Father, have, have your way with me now. I don't know what to pray for, but you do. I have a list. I want to pray what you want me to pray. I want, I want to pray how you want me to pray. I want you to help me move mountains, uproot trees, 
in people's lives. My life. So change whatever is in me so I can pray this way. See, if we start in that place or something similar to that, God just rolls up his sleeves and says, okay, let's get to work. Let's get to work. See, remember, we're making a covenant agreement with God about these things. God's kingdom is here. God's kingdom is advancing. I don't care what the news media says. This world is getting brighter because God's light is shining. That's why so much sin and darkness is being exposed. That's why it's getting ugly out there. But it's not because the church is not winning. Uh Uh-uh. Nothing can come against God's kingdom. Nothing can come against his word. Nothing can come against him. Let's stop living in the shadows, shall we? Let's live boldly. Let's pray boldly. We have a greater lion inside of us. Let's be that one.